Today on Own the Future, we talk about how to create wealth from your professional network, how to not survive but thrive in your marriage, and the one force that is more powerful than charisma. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made by and for changemakers, where we gain the courage to own our story, freedom to own our craft, and power to own the future. I'm your host, Lucas Scrobot. We are joined by George Bethel Matthew, aka Sparky. In fact, I never call him his real name. I've never heard anyone call him his real name, Sparky. Thank you for being here today. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Sparky, you are born and raised in Oman. For for those of you who maybe don't know, Sparky is uh, a dear friend of mine. You are the the reason in many ways that my family moved to this country because of your hospitality, because of your your servanthood, your service, everything that you did for us uh, years ago. And when often in my life, I, I think of Sparky when I'm stuck, I think WWSD, what would Sparky do? <laughs> Especially when it comes uh, to, no. to business stuff, to mindset stuff, I'm like, okay, in this situation, what would Sparky do? Sparky is an entrepreneur. He has flipped watches worth probably more than I can imagine, flipped cars, started businesses, side hustles, fashion lines, uh, interior design companies, outfit companies. There is probably another hundred things that I don't know that Sparky has done. And he won't tell me because he's so humble, which is probably one reason I love Sparky so much and also love to hate him so much because he's such an enigma. He's like an international man of mystery. And so I am so honored that you would be here today in the studio for the first time, actually, first guest. And um, I am really interested to see where this goes today, our conversation, because every time we meet, every time we hang out, it's I'm always left trying to pull my jaw up <laughs> off the floor thinking like, man, I need to get my life together. <laughs> oh, come on. No, no, I'm absolutely humbled just listening to you. And uh, it is my, actually my honor to sit here on this chair because I want you to know that I'm so proud of what you're doing. And it, it's truly my honor to be here with you today. Thanks, Sparky. Sorry. Let's, I want to, I want to start off just to give a little bit broader context for who you are. Where, where is your family from? Where were you born? Yeah. Okay. My family is from India and my mom and dad moved to Oman about 49 years ago. Okay. So I was born in Oman um, as a third culture kid, grew up in Oman and did school uh, my whole life pretty much actually. And uh, Oman has been home for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, me in Muscat. In Muscat, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. What's the best shawarma in Muscat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a place uh, for all those Omani friends of mine uh, knowing uh, in Alquera. There's a place called Impreza. There's a that's the place to go. You know, you have your chicken uh, sh- meat with the Oman chips. In oh, it. Oman oh. chips. With the chili sauce, you know, that's, that's, oh, it's the best. that's it right there. So that's, yeah, I would say that's the best shawarma place right now or if, ever. <laughs> what was it like growing up in Oman one as an, in, like from an Indian background yeah. 
as a third culture kid in Oman and two, how it's changed I mean, right. so much over the last 20, 30 years. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, for us, it's been good because Oman by, by nature is a very uh, uh, humble country. Um, and even even the 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 nature of the people or the the land is not such that makes you feel an outsider as such. Yeah, um, it, it's of course the core things that that probably you know throws you off here and there. But that that came to my realization probably very later in my life. What do you mean by that? Um, um, what throws you off? Oh, that actually I don't belong to the land mm. that I could leave tomorrow if my visa is made redundant. Because <laughs> it felt so much like home. It, it, you it, felt so integrated into society. Absolutely, yes. Growing up, uh, it was absolutely about there's no difference between me as an Indian or as an mm. Omani. You know, we stand together. Yeah. It felt absolutely yeah. like home. And it is still, I feel the same way as well. But of course, when it comes to uh, um, uh, owning a business, it's a whole different um, ball game. Like, mm. you know, so you have to be a certain way or, you know, you're bound to a visa given to you. And if, if you, do, you don't fulfill certain things, you have to leave the country. You know, so these kind of things probably came to my realization only when I started business. You know, when you started in business, then you kind of see uh, so, a divide. A divide, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I guess the country has the right to do that. It's, right. not, a, it's not a bad thing. It's, no, it's um, not. It's just that um, you feel that you need to find a space. And that's where I feel like I'm. I am a third culture kid. Mm. Like, you know, so um, initially I always struggled with that um, because uh, never felt like uh, I belonged anywhere. Mm. Even if I go back home, uh, let's say to India, it's which is home away from home. Right. Uh, I couldn't stay there for more than ten to fifteen days because for me, the uh, yes, in blood probably I'm Indian. But in culture, I'm so different. Uh, probably not in a bad way, in a good way, or whatever it might be. However, we see it, it just it, I couldn't fit in. Yeah. And it, even if I have to fit in, I have to force myself to fit in. Like mm. you know, so I'm ready to come back. <laughs> so, Oman, in that sense, has really kind of kept me in that in that space. Actually, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm a third culture kid too. Right. How. I guess but that maybe our experiences are different. I was a third culture kid because my dad was a pilot and we moved a lot. Right. But you were a third culture kid because you're from another culture and you were born and raised yeah. in that second culture. Right. I think it seems like you would have a, like a more sense of permanence and home in Oman, even though you're an outsider. Yeah. But how do you deal with those emotions or the the reality that it's... It's not you don't have a passport from that country, right? Well, it's it's a hard reality. Uh, it's it's not that we couldn't. Mm. Um, that was again a difference between me and my dad as well, because my dad has a certain way of looking at life and doing life, it's, which is a good thing. Because yeah. a good chunk of who I am is because of who my dad and my mom is as well. I think the upbringing was phenomenal, but the foresight or uh, the the vision behind even becoming a potential Omani was not something that was a, a primary focus for my father, actually. Mm. For him, it's okay, whenever I retire, I'll go back home. The funny thing is he's never retired. He's 76 today. Wow. wow. <laughs> he doesn't want to leave, but he will not admit to it. Uh, but that's probably just his way of thinking. But I came to peace with that when I was uh, probably 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, 
when we had the opportunity to pursue that opportunity, like, you know, um, I was in a phase where my dad could have, but he didn't. Mm. Um, I was at not, I was not in peace for the longest time for that uh, because I was like, he didn't see what I wanted. Huh. He only looked at what he wanted. So I, I was in conflict, but then I realized my dad's, you know, he's in a, he's designed a certain way. Um, so I can't, project my frustration onto him and expect him to be what I want to be like you know so over there I found peace in 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 terms of what he wanted me to be and continue pursuing my journey how did how did you go about that did, is that a long process or was it a moment I think it was a long process actually what what was it that caused the realization that I'm being selfish and I'm viewing myself as a victim victimizer like how did that, how did you come to that realization? 2002 is when I actually started my business. Prior to that, I was working with a company for three years. Um, and I hit that saturation point very quickly where I need, I needed to get out of there. Because I knew if I don't get in out the of company? there. In the company? In the company. That's the time when I was talking to my father about being Omani. So my focus was, in that time, probably I was younger, definitely was centered around very selfish reasons of, you know, if, if I'm local, you know, my approach to business is very different and, and the, what I can gain from that is very different. Mm -hmm. So it was, I think, more selfish, for more selfish reasons, like you said, it was more commercial-based kind of mindset, if that makes any sense. Because I was like, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm a local, my I can do this and I can do that and no one can question me. Mm. And that sense of, you know, like no one can touch me kind of a feeling one step further right. i mean you know so right i understand th that is that is where it all started off so but, your resent was it the right word resentment maybe yeah frustration yeah yeah definitely it all started when you started began in business and you realized you could have another no. level of opportunity yes. had your dad made this decision made, exactly so because for me to start a business and give away a 50 51 percent on 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 a piece of paper mm -hmm. it didn't set right with me like you know at such an early stage yeah because i used to read and you know uh, watch other entrepreneurs who are really soaring high and doing really well and to have the 100 percent freedom as a, an entrepreneur as well it's huge and not be held down by this concept of 51 49 or whatever it might be even right. even though the profit shared might be different, but but it's just the concept of being tied down mm. was, uh, I, I wanted to get over that somehow or the other, like, you know. So my focus initially to become an Omani was that, actually. So that's that's probably why I built a certain amount of frustration with my father. But then I got kind of released out of that when he when he kind of you know said it's not going to happen you know mm. so then i had to move on you had to you had, had to process it and i just had to process like, it and move life. on like you know and this is what's going to be so i mean it probably took me about three to four months or five months six months probably but i i move on fairly quickly because yeah. i don't hold things as that's my nature yeah actually, so yeah so yeah what was that first business that you started it was a design consultancy company um, because i was working for an interior designing company before mm. that um, that was the trait that I knew that I know if I step out that I can do something with it and uh, make money with it as well. Mm. So I was confident in my trade. So it didn't make sense for me to start something that I wasn't confident with. So, right. So there's, there's, I've heard people talk about, there is what's, you know, a thoroughbred entrepreneur. You're a born entrepreneur. It's in your DNA. Right. 
there's nothing else you can do if you are in, you know, a quote unquote job and you feel tied down. It's like it feels like suffocation and death and you have to be broken free. And then there's those who have entrepreneurial tendencies. So those who may be in occupations in a normal job um, are always trying to innovate and create entrepreneurial aspects within their job roles. But they aren't maybe like the number one. They aren't they they aren't built or wired to just go out on their own and start a business. So for you, did you feel like your entrepreneurship was something that was you were born with, or does was it something that you grew into? I think it's a good combination of both. Um, in a weird way, that I say, I for me, I believe it's three years of me working with someone that ruffled the entrepreneurship out of me. Who was that person? <laughs> I don't want to take names. <laughs> but my ex-boss, let's say. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, he he had a certain way of doing things. I appreciated his way of you know doing work. and But he brought the best and the worst out of me. Mm. Uh, so that really helped me realize that there is something that's inside me I need to bring out. But probably if I didn't go through those three years, I would have not discovered that extra element about my life because mm. he pushed me over the edge in a good way and a bad way as well. Can you give an example of how you, what does being pushed over the edge mean? Oh, let it be in terms of uh, emotions. Let it be in terms of uh, work hours. Let it be in terms of ethics. Mm. Uh, let it be in terms of uh, life. Because so we, you kind of pushed your personal boundaries. Absolutely. Like, you know, so uh, even in terms of work ethics as well, uh, right. because we there were elements where he had the grid to uh, approach anyone irrelevant of designation uh, in a very strong manner because what he did was good. Uh, he was very confident where he delivered as well. So I took on that trade very quickly because for me, I approach people it's straight to the heart. Let it be uh, uh, work or let it be a friend conversation. It's for me, it's straight to the heart. Element. Yeah, you're not a small talk person. I mean, I you just I, cut to the bone. I love the small talk. If you you know, if you're if you're in a party, <laughs> you know, in a, a social yeah, setting, yeah, uh, probably for the first three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know how true that is, Parky. <laughs> yeah. So, how's the weather? That's my small talk. You know, so, yeah. so after that, it's straight to the heart, you know. Yes. So, so those are the kind of things that I saw in him that kind of pushed me as well. But then taking it out, uh, coming on the other side in terms of the extra hours or the unexpected or the higher expectations that was, you know, that was projected onto me mm. that pushed me to a place like, okay, fine, now I'm feeling edgy where I am. <clears throat> Is this a good feeling or not? So I didn't have the capacity to fully process it then. But it did drive me to a place to make a decision saying that I think if I proceed with this kind of, uh, 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 in this kind of a situation or this kind of an atmosphere, I will either uh, quit, mm. like prematurely, yeah. or I will do something that's not probably good. Like, you know, so. Like, so, did you feel like you were going to compromise on your own ethics and become corrupt? Yeah. I mean, it's a possibility because I had the opportunity of meeting a lot of people because of that platform, exposure to relationship that I didn't have before. Mm. Um, so I had the option of choosing like a that. temptation of yeah. a shortcut. Uh, temptation of a shortcut. Let it be freelancing. Um, uh, let it be doing something that I feel I can make an extra buck or whatever it uh-huh. might be. Because I need to satisfy that 
push or the the frustration into something that can now justify my feeling like you know so um i had to do with something with that feeling mm. and that feeling is to either uh, either continue and stay there and do what i'm feeling or quit and take the risk of actually going out full fledge you know so and i had to take a call and uh that's where that's where i got to actually mm. so if that makes sense to so when you quit that job yeah you started your own business yes as interior designer was that the, the first business you started or when you were younger did you have were you like flipping things oh yeah i've always had a few side hustles yeah what you, <laughs> tell me about your some of your side hustles that uh, i don't know about no oh, well like i was sharing with you earlier when we were having coffee um uh i used to collect top trumps top trumps is a, is a card game you know where it gives you a certain statistics and data about let it be a bunch of cars and you you play with friends and you know and you based on who's got the higher stats on yeah. the cards you so this had a set of you know every now and then they had limited versions of uh, cards that came out mm-hmm. so i i tend to always keep an eye on these kind of things and flip it with the friends that were collecting. Yeah. Maybe for nothing big. If it's worth 2 reals or money reals then I'll probably sell it for 2.5 reals, you yeah. know. It's just the joy of like hey, listen, I've got something I've for got you. A deal for you. <laughs> I got totally I got you. A, <laughs> I got a deal for you. Did that progress as you got into was that in primary school or was that in high school? I would say like yeah, 8th, 8th, 9th, 10th grade. That's when I actually got into that thinking of hey, we, 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 there's more to life than just cruising, you know, just, you know, the money that dad's giving me for allowance. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely more to that. All the money that dad's giving me that I can, you know, invest and probably bring back more money as well, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, so So you uh, quit so you already had these tendencies of flipping stuff as yeah. in in high school. You have a job, yeah. you get pushed to limit. You're yeah. like, I'm going to go off on my own. Yeah. I'm going to start my own business. Yeah. And probably within like the first year you made what millions of dollars and you had like <laughs> no. a booming success. No, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that sounds great <laughs> but it was is very different than that but just before that as well I, I, leading into the job um mm. um I, I was i mean as a musician I, i'm a musician as well yeah uh, music was has been always an vital part of my life mm. so uh, during that season of me flipping smaller things like like the things i was sharing with you i used to play in bands as well and make some extra bucks yeah uh, and for my age in the 10th 11th 12th grade i, I used to make some decent money uh, which helped me look into other things that could you know either buy and sell or actually for myself or, yeah uh, and explore that opportunity as well like you know so again fast forward that's where what did ten- you start to buy and sell though oh it could be a guitar or you know so thing. you just found you were just hustling hustling anything that you could find a, a margin on you'd buy it low sell it high absolutely yeah buy buy it at the right price if it gives me pleasure use it for a while but i always take care of it so even if i sell it it's sold in premium condition yeah. you know so i'm always aware of those kind of things uh, because that's where the edges and then create the value of me owning it mm. and then the other person wanting it like you know so creating that space is something that i've always been aware of actually can you unpack that you create <laughs> no this is really interesting i think and you know you look at celebrities celebrities and uh they can just by the fact that they own something yeah. or owned something they sure. can sell it for more money right so how did you create value by the fact that you owned a guitar or you own something where is that 
how does that play out? What's that margin there? Right. Okay. I mean, first of all, it's the product itself. Yeah. Um, it, it added value to what I wanted to do. So I, I just wouldn't go buy just another guitar or just another top drum or whatever it might be. I would look for what is unique within that space. Mm-hmm. And then within my circle of friends um, or, or the people that I know, they know that I handle a product a certain way. Like if I buy it, it doesn't degrade mm-hmm. in the way it should degrade. I maintain it. And there is a certain ritual I keep. I, I mean, here's, I'm a weirdo that way probably. Even if I buy an iPhone, for example, yeah, I will maintain the plastic wrapping on the box because I'll only cut the edge where I can just enough open the box. <laughs> <laughs> and I will keep the earphones and the USB cable in the box so that a year later when a new iPhone comes, I can flip the existing iPhone at a better price because I've got the better stuff. Uh, rather than going on Dubizel or somewhere, wherever it might be, and just buying an iPhone. like you know, So adding value looks like going a little bit... It's in the details. It's in the details. It's a little bit, you know, it's going over the edge, which people probably might think is weird. For me, I really didn't mind that. I didn't mind people calling me a weirdo. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't phase me. Right, because so you're going to be laughing at the end. Yeah, exactly. You know, and in the end of the day, I make an extra buck, you know. Yeah. So someone else didn't make it. Hey, you know, so probably these kind of things, that's what, you know, drew attention or builds that space within your friend. I'm not a celebrity or anything, but at least it gave me that extra that extra element mm. of, okay, he saves his box of for his phone, you know, so he might, you know, definitely the device is in good condition. Um, not a single scratch or whatever it might be, things like that. You so know? because of that, you can get it at a premium. Absolutely. And that's, I think it's a very simple example of whatever I do in life or own in life or, you know, I look at it from that perspective. Like, yeah. Know, so, um, no, it's true. I think in all of our conversations and ever since I've known you, you're always looking at the long-term game. Yeah. Like what, like what's our 30 year game plan? Yeah. Where am I going in 30, 40, 50 years? Yeah. Where, where are my children going? How am I building something that's multi-generational that will outlive me, will outlive my children, my grandchildren. Yeah. And, but, but you don't just kind of like stay there in this dreamland, like what's, you know, 3,022 going to look like. Right. You bring it down to this, such a micro detailed level, such as, okay, I'm, I'm not going to take the plastic wrap off a box yeah. and I'm going to use my old headphones and my old iPhone cable yeah. and preserve this one in the box. Perfect condition. Right. Unopened condition, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Well, it didn't happen right from the beginning. So, I mean, all these small elements might have existed when translating into business. I know you asked me a question a, a, a few minutes ago. What happened after after work? You know, so uh, this is a combination of the frustration building into starting the business mm. and the potential eye for details and a little bit foresight is when I started or is how I started. Mm. And I didn't have depth of knowledge or, you know, uh, foresight uh, 10 years ahead or whatever it might be then 2002 mm. let's say <clears throat> how old are you at this when you started your business just give uh, some age so, context so i'm that's 16 years ago i'm i'm 39 now 
going into 40 wow. this year. <laughs> you're <laughs> you almost know? making the hill. I know, I know. It is. It is. It's uh, it's interesting. Actually. Wow. Someone told me yesterday I look 26, so I'm I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with that. Actually, it keeps me. Wow. You know, keeps me happy. <laughs> uh, keeps me uh, young, and you know, so. Uh, and keeps me going as well, uh, but it didn't come right from the beginning. Mm. But I did. I I I knew the detail was important. Mm. So that that was there from day one. Uh, I guess uh, it, that comes from my mom and a little bit of my dad. Uh, people call it OCD. Uh, I call it OCO. Uh, you know, uh, OCO. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an order. It's not it's a disorder. <laughs> so. <laughs> so <laughs> So, because she was very meticulous in terms of how she does life, and huh. you know, even 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 if even if it's things in t- in her kitchen, she has a certain way of doing things, and uh, that applied to me through life as well. Mm. And and my dad is is more um, of a generous person than a, of a foreseeing person. So I think it's the element of uh, uh, details and generosity that pushed me into seeing a bigger picture. Actually, because because of a generous. Uh, atmosphere um, like my father if if he knows that I like something or he's always encouraged me to you know uh, do something if he finds like oh he he loves the he loves music let me bu- let me buy him a little keyboard you know mm-hmm. he was he was that guy you know my mom was the the process person you know oh, okay son it's it's six o'clock you know you need to do this you need to do this here's this 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 go you know go do your day and so growing up in that culture, it helped me both to see details in mm. life and be generous in life as well. So generosity mm. is the mindset that I, I, I walked into when I started business. But I didn't have all the money then. I had to uh, actually put aside, you know, with the money that I hustled or whatever it might be. And then, of course, a little bit of help from certain uh, well-wishers in life is how I started off in life. But it helped me achieve then uh, uh, as an expat in Oman Mm. to get the highest grade possible as an entrepreneur visa wise status so I was in in a space of mind where I was in absolute liberty to create it was it was really a blessing that it happened that way so and I really have to thank a few people around me who really pushed me in that direction in the process of the three years that I wanted to do what I wanted to do as well. So the vision part came in uh, probably four or five years into me opening business, probably. So can you, really quick. So it was a three, in that three years, Yeah. most of that three years, you started planning and strategizing yeah. Preparate, like yeah. preparing to, yeah. to launch your own business. Yeah. Absolutely. It wasn't like you got fed up with your job and you're like, that's it, yeah. I quit. I know I'll open a business tomorrow. Yes. It was three years of preparation and mentorship from people around you before you took that leap. Yeah, it was because for me, working for somebody was a great concept, but I always had in the back of my mind that it's not long-term. Because I saw my father in that role. I mean, he's been on that one job for the last 43 years out of the 49 years being Mm. in Oman. To me, I didn't want to be in that grid. Like, you know, probably he, he's built that way, but I knew I wasn't built that way. Uh, or by then, I've already been exposed to international, uh, all, you know, all the friends I have in my life. So I see people and I've heard and been influenced by 
lot more things than my probably my dad ha- had or wanted to be influenced by mm-hmm. you know so choice right so so definitely i was in that space where i went and saying listen okay this is not long term i have to have something ready but i didn't know what exactly probably it might have looked like but i was ready to exit mm. i was ready to exit but while i'm there i was all in as well so it's a it's a yeah you know i just i think it was a, a what i like about that i feel at least from what i've seen people get this angst and frustration with their job right and so they just take a leap but yeah. they have they haven't prepared their parachute yeah right they haven't like done the necessary preparations they just leap and then they try to figure something out yeah whereas you with a little bit of foresight and then the systems and preparations you were able to take time and lay out a game plan yeah. so that you could leap with a higher probability of success. Exactly. So what happened in those those for you were about to before I cut you off you were about to say that something happened within those first 5 6 years of business. Right. Um I mean I had to find out things the hard way because I thought you know I'm I'm a business owner now you know from day one like you said you know I didn't make the millions I, but I thought I would mm. but it wasn't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> See because because I realized I I had the ability to, for details to a certain level but when it came to came to things like administration and the mundane things of life mm. it looked very different in the business realm than my day-to-day chores of doing things as well and foreseeing potential trouble or potential opportunities i had to kind of fine tune because everything is not an opportunity uh, because not all good things are beneficial for you i had yeah. to re- i had to realize those kind of things so because when we started as a business um you had a whole bunch of people that approach you saying hey you know i want to do this i want to do that but this is all i can give you or can you do it for free you know so i had to take my call uh, eventually in terms of where is the fine line of me being an entrepreneur a brand new company mm. uh by uh, and then eventually saying hey you know what this is what i can do for you and this is what i can't do for you yeah so saying no was the difficult part for me on the initial few years of my life actually were there stories where you said yes where you should have said no and it turned out really oh, poorly i think more than the can you think of one what was the worst <laughs> oh the uh, I mean I I've been What was the worst hole you got yourself into in those early years? Oh the early years probably you know I I trusted people too quickly because I I I was excited about you know starting a business and you know I promised them you know the whole world and 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 they promised me that you know they would do this and that and, and having no contracts in place and those kind of things I have gone done probably 80 hours 100 hours 200 hours i mean that kind of ridiculous kind of work uh to go back with probably 5 hours of pay no yeah as a simple example like you know so uh, <laughs> yeah because because of one uh, i was excited i was definitely excited yeah. because i want to go do what i love because now in a space i can do whatever i love and but not every good thing was beneficial for me. Mm. Um so the project was great because I got to design or do whatever I wanted to express in terms of my whatever so I did the research to bring the whole world to the to the person or whoever I'm contributing to but it wasn't really beneficial for me. It was beneficial for him or her but not necessarily for me. So there's how how do you then in those early years when you don't have a large portfolio when yeah. you don't have a large level of experience for you where do you see the the tension or the balance point 
between um, doing free work or I don't want to use discounted work, but doing work that you know is not going to pay what it should. Yeah. But it's it will have a positive ROI yeah. in other ways, whether it's through a relationship, yeah. whether it's through, okay, this will be a portfolio piece that I will then be able to um, leverage off of in yeah. the future. Yeah. How, how, do you, how did you or do you now with your experience um, parse those out where you can see and say, you know what, I'm going to put an investment in here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the 200 hours even though – I'm only going to get paid for a yeah. hundred hours or yeah. whatever, yeah. but I know they'll be able to leverage that in the yeah. future. How yeah. are there ways that you do that? Yeah. So transitioning from work to the business itself, like I said, there were a few key relationships that I had built over the years in the three years that I was working for the company that I was working for. Um, that's like I said, that's an again a nature I took away from my my father and my mother, which is relational. More my dad in that case, generosity was something that I always had. So even if I meet someone, I, I always connect with them in the best way possible mm-hmm. with who I am. Mm-hmm. And I tend to keep that relation active all yeah. throughout. So I did not poach any clients that I was working in the com- from the company that I was working for, but there were people who approached me saying, "Listen, we don't mind you doing work with us." So those are the those are the relationships that I uh, nurtured through mm-hmm. the years that bridged me across to the the new setup that okay. I had. So the, there were a few people that really kind of stood with me. Um, irrelevant of where I was, Hmm. you know, I mean, I was fortunate, if I may say, or probably I was intentional uh, with the few people that I wanted to be in relationship with, with the crossover as well. And that really helped me to kind of build on. And with that, of course, I made mistakes like I've shared with you earlier as well. But those are the kind of things that helped me kind of nudge in the right direction. So even though it was a brand new company, I wasn't a brand new person. Huh, I like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So there was a relationship enough for me to kind of uh, 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 leverage on because I had built that in the past three years while I was in the market, while I was in the industry. Like, you know, so so people knew me. Uh, the other, the boss I'm talking about uh, and him and I, we had uh, f- similar first names, which, which is my official name. Uh, so in the market, we used to be known as junior and senior. Mm. So even that helped because we were known as junior and senior in the market already. And already we were lingering with a certain uh, type of crowd and a certain level of clientele, which helped put me in the radar, which I saw as a potential opportunity for the future, Mm. not in a conniving way, but to maintain relationship with them, even though I might not do work with them immediately. Like, you know, so that really helped me bridge over uh, and then build on that. Mm. And the funny thing is, just to throw in there, till date, uh, we haven't, I haven't marketed as such the interior business so far. Really? Yes. So it's just all people coming to you from that network of relationships. Correct. Yeah. I think it's, you talked about your parents and that your mom had these systems and disciplines yeah. that seems like you were, have then been able to leverage into kind of business systems into your life. You had to amend those and adapt those. But then you talk about a lot about generosity and about how your dad paid attention to the details of your life and said, Oh, he likes music. I'm going to get him a little keyboard. Yeah. 
Um, I've noticed that detail of that generosity yeah. in you and your attention to detail. Um, you know, even small things like, oh, it's your son's first birthday. Yeah. I remember getting a phone call on my son's first birthday. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's like not a lot of people make a phone call on your, you know, your friend's kid's birthday yeah. to ask how your family's doing um, and ask how the kid's doing, et cetera. And so as there is, I see in you that that came from your father, right? Yes. That generosity in the attention to detail, which yeah. says to, to that person, yeah. I see you, you're valuable, yeah. you're special. Yeah. Is that how you nurtured those business relationships just by your personality? You said these relationships, these people are valuable, whether I get a contract out of them or not. Yeah. And did that lay a foundation for them to come to you? Yeah, it absolutely did. Because uh, th that to me was not second nature. Mm. It was first nature. Because for me, I didn't have to put on generosity or I didn't have to put on relationship. It wasn't fake. It wasn't. I, it wasn't a show. It wasn't a show. It, I mean, it, at least I didn't have to, you know, work on it as such. I mm. mean, prob that's, you know, upbringing always makes a difference as well. Like, yeah. you know, we always say, if you want to know somebody uh, in terms of who they are today, just just look at a little bit of their history and or go back into their family in terms of who the people are that, that brought them up. So for me, it was definitely first nature because like my dad used to have a little diary, you know, or, or a book or whatever you might say, you know, uh, and then he used to write in that saying, okay, so-and-so's birthday is on that. And they, I've seen him do mm. this and I've seen him, hey, son, let's call them. That's because it's, it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, so it's, it was in my system all throughout. And even today, I'm the same way. I just put it on my phone if I know if, if it's a friend's birthday. Yeah. So at least say, you know, just say happy birthday or whatever it might be. It's the relational equity that you build up that, that makes the difference. Like, you know, so I always, that was always a valid mm. part of my life, actually. Mm. So, and it still is. And I'm, I'm now knowing that I want to work on it more because I know that's the core of everything I do. Yeah. How... Have you started on working on that more? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been working on that forever, literally. What 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 today? Now that you're 39, yeah, you have not a lot of water underneath the bridge. I think you have a lot of years in front of you. I don't even Hopefully. think you've reached your prime yet. I think yeah. Sparky's prime is going to be in a couple decades, and you're going to be like really taking over the world. I hope so. <laughs> um, but what are you doing today? Yeah. I, I love two things about this. One, it's it's a continual process. It's yes. saying that you haven't arrived. Yeah. And two, it's recognizing uh, deficiencies yeah. in your character and in your person that says, these are areas I want to grow. Yeah. Um, it, it, maybe there's more things. It's, it's this, uh, when I think of, when I think what would Sparky do, when I think of you, I see this uh, hyper-focus yeah. in this, I can't think of another word, but you abhor passivity. Right. I do. Yeah. In those those interior areas of your life. Yeah. So what what things you've probably done did things when you were younger, yeah. like just putting something in a phone. Yeah. But what are you doing today right. to go deeper in maturing those relationships and networks around you yeah. that someone listening might be able to apply? Right. I think for me, um uh I mean, I wasn't a saint. I mean, I was not, I'm still not a saint or I'm not arrived like I was like, right. like to, to right. even counter this question that you're asking me. Um, 
I abhor you know, the passive nature, but I, I have been through phases of procrastination uh, on the extreme end as well. So I'm just placing that out no, there. That's good. Uh, but just saying that I've realized I need to start it at home is something that I've made it uh, mm. a primary thing. Because if I want to be generous to the world, I need to be generous at home. Yes. Um, so if I'm not Absolutely. be able to generous with my my that say they meet at family, you know. Let it be your spouse, or let it be your your kid, or your children, or whatever it might be, mm. because that's where it starts. Because yeah. when you can practice at home and be good at it, you can be the best or the better of it outside uh, the home place as well. I like that. So this is something that I've always it's it's it's, it's been in my mind, but it's not been easy uh, because relationship is not easy, you know. Mm. So because it's something that you have to work on. Let yeah. it be your wife, or let it be your husband, or let it be your kid, because. Life throws surprises at you, and when you throw, when you get surprises, how do you react to it is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I had to learn the hard way, like, you know. So I'm still learning, like, you know. So probably that's one thing I can definitely say that practicing at home is something that I'm making it uh, uh, more intentional yeah. than doing it outside. So because it becomes again first nature to me, because it's something that I do on a daily basis to the people that I'm most vulnerable with. Yeah. Because it, that's where you need to be yourself. Mm. And if you can't be that self outside as well, then there needs to be a check. Mm. Then that's called a reality check. Yeah. You need to stop and say, hey, it's not something is not working. So that's something is usually it's just you that needs to think in the right way. Like, you know, what so, brought you to that conclusion? Oh, it's probably years of good and bad experience, probably. Like, you know, where, uh, we've, we have to learn things the hard way. Mm. Uh, let it be bad choices or uh, like same thing. You know, it's just the scale of choices that I have made over the years that has probably uh, pruned me, trimmed me mm. um, or expanded me or, you know, uh, grown me to make those uh, choices. Actually. Did you feel like you had a, a blind spot in the area of nurturing your family that caused you to wake up to the fact like, oh, wait, if I'm not able to take care of my household and my personal and my family in yeah. this manner, then what is what is going to make me think that I'm going to be able to do this? Right. Beyond that, oh, the blind spot is very simple. It's my passion for work, like you know. So yeah. that was my blind spot, pretty much, because I yeah. was so engrossed in what I've been doing, or what I want to do. Yeah, I'm constantly in that space where I'm engaged more than I'm meant to be engaged. Yeah, <laughs> literally. No, that's my yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't help it. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> something like that. Yeah. It's just that I just can't help it. I wake up and I think about stuff, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. So it's good and it's bad. Yeah. It's so it's just that I, I had to learn that over the years uh, that not everything is great or not everything is required right now mm. or there is a time for everything. There's a season for everything. So it's a maturity yeah. that, that had to come through the times that I had journeyed that, you know, brought me into that uh, place as well, actually. And how did you come to see, was it, was it pain and conflict within family situations that woke you up to a blind spot? Was it a mentor that stepped in and said, hey, Sparky, I think you have a blind spot here. And what was, what was like, is there a story behind it of like, because that's the thing with a blind spot, right? Yeah. That's the thing with deception. Yeah. If you're deceived, yeah. you don't know that you're deceived, which is what's scary about deception. If Absolutely. you have a blind spot. Yeah. You don't know that you have a blind spot, which is, yeah, that's a scary thing. How, how do you discover and how do you tackle blind spots? What processes 
what disciplines, right. what what things can we do to attack those areas? Right. So I've had the business for about 16 years now. Um, out of that 14 years, I've been married. So wow. that, that's, that was ground one for me, actually, because um, I was fortunate to marry someone who's, you know, open hearted and in a place where, you know, equally she wants to explore the world as well yeah. and all of that. Um, but I was probably very focused on my work uh, more than what I need to give at home, like, mm. you know, so um, which eventually built frustration in relationship with, with even between me and my wife, you know, so where, where it every now and then I had to be reminded, like, wait a second, uh, what am I in this relationship for? Like, mm. you know, am I just cruising through just knowing that, okay, she's my wife and it, it's a, it's a check, check, you know, or is it something that I need to invest into as a relationship? Mm. Like, you know, so, uh, so those are the reality checks I've had the hard, that, the, the difficult times where I had to stop and say, okay, fine, is it all worth it at the cost of losing my my partner? You know, mm. um, it's not. No, it's not. So those are the kind of things that made, definitely not. made me step step back and say, okay, fine, maybe I just need to reanalyze re the whole process mm. and then look at it differently so that it can benefit us mm. and not just me. You know, so so that would be one thing that I can say. Like that, I, that was a probably a, so the blind spot was me being so engrossed in what I'm doing, I forget to value the most important thing. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Which is priority-wise relationship, like you know. So yes, and not my business. So, so I had to be aware of that uh, before it turns into something really bad. Mm. And it it could have if I didn't stop, or if certain people, like you said, mentors, that stops and say, "Hey, man, you know, probably you should just take it easy," you know. <laughs> Right. Don't be so so adventurous as well. I mean, th these are not. I mean, I give my life to certain people that can speak into my life. These are not negative people that don't see the opportunity in the life of how what we're doing. But at least the people that I value that I can take uh, advice from, like you know. So right. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that kept me probably uh, sane and grounded. Yeah. <laughs> and connected and, and married for fourteen and years. <laughs> and married for fourteen. That's. Years. <laughs> I mean, that's a sign and a wonder right there. No, it is. It is. It's. It's. Uh, it's. It's not easy uh, yet. It's. Uh, it's the the most beautiful thing when you actually know when you're doing something right. Is there? Do you have a practical of? Okay, you wake up to your blind spot. You realize, okay, I've been focusing too much in my my work. I haven't been investing into my family, into my kids, or into my wife. Yeah. Um, someone maybe speaks into it. What what course of action? Like what? You can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to take a two-week vacation. Right. I'm just going to focus on you, babe. Like yeah. how do you then begin to pivot your life so that you're investing into those relationships in the way that they need to be? Okay. Believe me or not, it was trial and error. And it was one of those things like, hey, babe, maybe you should go for a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> Not really, because I came back and I continued doing exactly what I was doing before the holiday. Did you come, because this is what happens <laughs> with me. I, I, I come back from that and then I feel flooded with anxiety that I haven't taking care of my other responsibilities. Absolutely, because I've, I've just bottled it in. Yeah. To, <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> the whole time on vacation, I'm yeah, to my be supportive to my wife, you know. So, but that 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 was it. I mean, I had it was trial and error. It yeah. wasn't an overnight thing. Actually, I'm still learning it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, even after I'm so too. many years, I'm still trying to figure it out. 
because but it was a realization that I had to consciously make to work on. Uh, so it wasn't overnight. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely not going to be uh, ever an arrival or a place right. of, uh, you know. But for, so success. like for business, some business contacts, a, a simple thing that you've done is you write down birthdays. Yeah. And you pay attention to details to be generous with them. Yeah. What ways have you done that with your, your wife and uh, your son? What, like... I mean, you're not going to be writing down her birthday, hoping to remember it and calling her, hey, babe, I'm I on the way to work. I just remembered. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is your birthday yeah. really today. <laughs> Anyways, babe. Uh, uh, yeah, like, pro probably not that. Probably not. not a good idea. So, no, but other things in terms of. Um, like on a daily, like on a, on a daily basis. On a daily, weekly, yeah. right? Because those relationships, they need to be invested in trip, trip, trip. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um, every week. What what has found what have you found that works for you in your marriage? I mean, every every person has a different love language. Every person has a different desire and way that you connect. Every relationship's different. Yeah. But what for you has worked? Yeah, for me, I think um, that attention to detail in in terms of life and what she likes, because um, I'm I'm a gift person. Yes. I, I, my my way of expression is I will give you a gift. And that's how I express my love for the other person. Mm -hmm. So I've always found the things that she loves or uh, let it be her first MacBook, you know, yeah. uh, when it was still a premium thing a few years ago. Uh, you know, those kind of things or her first iPhone. Is that Ruduka's love language? Uh, it, it, well, she loves receiving gifts, uh, but quality time was another thing as well. And communication, expression, because she's not a, she doesn't speak probably as much as I do, mm -hmm. but I like to express my heart to her, which makes her emotionally uh, strong. Or it's like words of encouragement. Word of encouragement, oh, exactly. And I, I see potential and I encourage her to, you know, go do something. Let mm. it be. The first thing I wanted her to do is learning, learn, learn to drive. When As soon as we got married, I said, like, you go learn to drive, buy you a car so that you can be independent. Huh. Uh, that was yeah. something that I was very particular about from day one. You know, she never got that probably from home or uh, her family was different and my family wasn't that way. I've seen, my mom didn't get that. Mm. So th there were certain things in my mind that I wanted to either bless or see yeah. uh, opportunities or potential from her life and pull it out and then encourage her to keep going as well. So In many ways, it's it goes back to generosity. Right, right. It's how... You're being generous with your words. You have to be generous with your time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it takes effort. It does. It's not easy. It takes intentionality. It takes, like you said, attention to detail. Yeah, absolutely. Because my, my, my journey into marriage was with the mindset of not being divorced. You know, so yeah. I walked in saying divorce is not an option in my marriage. Absolutely. So the moment I walked in into marriage with that sort of a mindset, uh, for me to look at things to work out was a bit more easier because I didn't look for escapes. Yeah, it's, you're playing a different game. Exactly. The second that you say like, I cannot, like there is no, no. lose. No, you can't no. just like no. reset new game. No. It changes the way that you play. It evolves. It changes. So you, you, to be flexible, to be malleable, to be in a place where you're constantly wanting the best, yeah. Uh, even though it might not look rosy and you know whatever right now, but still having the mindset of it's not the end mm. helps you to keep ticking, helps you to keep moving forward. So that's the kind of mindset I constantly have had, even in in my marriage as well. It makes me. I used to play poker for a living. Right. Wow. And now when I play poker, 
which I haven't done in a while, which yeah. is kind of sad. I, when, I, I didn't know that actually. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love it. Right. I, but when I play with just a bunch of guys, yeah. and if there's not real money on the table, right. where you're not actually risking something, yeah. I can't play. Right. It's frustrating to no end. Because yeah. people are like, oh, it doesn't matter anyways. It's yeah. just a couple of bucks. Or, exactly. oh, we're not even playing with real yeah. money. Yeah. I can't play that game right. because you're actually not playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah. Exactly. If you're not risking something, yeah. if it's not life or death, yeah. um then you're actually not performing. You're actually not engaged. Yeah. And I wonder how many people go into marriage thinking, well, well, it might end in divorce. Yeah. Statistically, at least in the West, fit about 50% of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. Um, a lot of them happen within the first seven years. Correct. Um, and I don't, I don't know the mindset of what people are walking into marriage, right. but kind of like what off going off what you said, I walked in, my wife and I, we walked into our marriage with that same thing. Yeah, exactly. Divorce is not an option. Yeah. We, it's life or death. Yeah. We have to fight through this. Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, when you stand up, at least in the West, you stand up and you take the vow till death do us part. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a covenant. It's not a contract. Like you know, so that that's the whole thing. You know, with the contract, it's it's uh, there is an expiry date to what you're entering into. Mm. But it's a covenant. It's a whole different ball game because it's 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 a it's bigger than a contract. You know, yeah, it's it's something that you're vouching for, something that you're promising for. But because I believe everything that we do in this world starts with the covenant and then a contract if required like you know let it be a business matter yeah. especially yeah so that's the approach uh, in terms of mindset this again i think bits and bobs uh, my dad is a great man and he's a good guy but you know she, he could have d done a lot for my mom mm. and my mom i've heard her say if your dad wasn't a good man i would have left him many years ago so these kind of things have stayed with me like you know so the it's the goodness that a person holds that joins uh, a marriage together as well it's the goodness in each other that mm. keeps so because goodness or love uh, supersedes and you know all selfish desires and all you know things that could you know uh, could probably break a marriage mm. it's it's the good good element like the true element of being good no, not just you know buying a gift or trying to you know do something like that but being good uh, in its true essence yeah is actually what brings the bond and keeps the the marriage moving forward. How would you define love? Oh, love. Oh, it's a, it's a it, yeah, there's so many facets to love. Uh, to me, I would I would say generosity, an expression of kindness. Um, I always look at empathy. That mm. to me empathy is love, you know, when you when you can and when you try to understand what the other person is going through and still being with them irrelevant of what they're going through and not judge them that that state or that place is ex an expression mm. that i feel is love you know so uh, because it's something that you're doing more more than what you could do uh, and for them it's more than what they can expect you know, so it's like a place of grace. Yeah. Uh, no one deserves it. <laughs> right. But you're in a place where you, you feel like you need to do it. And they're like in a place where they need, where they receive it irrelevant of who they are. You know, mm. that's love to me. Like, you know, yeah. so there's no defined measures that, you know, if you do this, oh, it's love. It's, it's more than that. Like, right. You know, so that, that's, I mean, in many words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just because you, you said that 
it's when like it's our goodness and our, our love that supersedes and conquers our yeah. selfishness. Absolutely. I think is the word you said. Absolutely. That's what it is. And and again, intentionality with that word um, is very important. Mm. You have to be intentional. It's not a switch on, switch off kind of a concept, first of all. And you need to be conscious of it and constant, constant, constantly wanting to be applied or applying in your mm. life. That's 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 what it is, actually. So, um, maybe a slight pivot here. Yeah. Um, you said again. We're talking about love. We're talking about you. You talked about how Renuka specifically how it is your generosity with your words and your intentionality with your words um, that has been something that has built up your relationship. Um, what, and I, I, I think back to a conversation we had, um, a few years back where, where you were, you were challenging me and, uh, exhorting me, I think would be the correct word, um, of saying like, you have to, you have to guard your words. Yeah. You have to speak life. Yeah. You have to speak blessing. Mm. You have to declare the truth of who your family is, who your wife is. You have to be vigilant yeah. with your thoughts yeah. and your words, which which is mindset, which it goes into all these things. It can go into business. Yeah. I just didn't, if you could unpack um, what you think about and how you view the power of our words, the power of the way that we think, the way that we, and then you know, that falls into it by the way that we set up our lives and what we choose to do and not do. Right. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, probably one of my favorite things <laughs> in life, if I may say. Uh, um, um, again, I think I'm, I'm going back to the roots. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, uh, so I, I believe in the scriptures. Yeah, it's, very, it's a vital part of who I am. Um, uh, it's always good to know, uh, you know, something that pours life into you and read that and, mm. you know, make it a part of who you are. And so this is something my father, again, instilled in me from the time I was a kid. Uh, simple things like, you know, reading uh, a certain thing in terms of mindset and applying it in your life. And so uh, somewhere it says, you know, uh, it, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And Absolutely. This, this is something that stuck with me uh, for years, actually, probably from the time I was in school. Um, I've always been cautious in terms of, uh, cautious in a good way, uh, in terms of what I deliver from my mouth. Mm. <laughs> or, I, and I learned later that, you know, what goes in is equally important as well. <laughs> you know, so for the longest time, I thought it was just what comes out of my mouth. Like, you know, so, right. so uh, from a very young age, I was in that frame of mind that I will only speak what I think I can build with rather than destroy. Mm. And I always believed in the power of that. Uh, and I never hoped to be in a situation where I would curse or um, swear at someone. Like, you know, probably at probably in my 11th and 12th grade season, I kind of used a lot of cuss words because of peer pressure or whatever it might be or the lifestyle I was leading at that point of time. But even to say a swear word out of my mouth, mm. it was a, 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 was a no-no uh, because I made a decision within myself that I can express that feeling in a better way mm. Uh, or a more constructive way uh, or use better vocabulary yeah. to express my heart uh, than to use things that could probably uh, change the course of someone else's life. Yeah. So speaking the right words 
whether we like it or not, is the reality of life. The the world, the universe, the globe uh, is built that way. Uh, mm. You can you can look at science, you can look at religion. Uh, it's it's a fact that if you you know if you look things up where words uh, if words of death or words of uh, uh, curses are spoken onto something or onto people uh, over a period of time that object or that person will deteriorate it's just a yeah. matter of it's 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 proven uh, so when we know that how much more we need to use the right words is yeah. something that that I've always framed my mind with like you know so um, and that being on on my heart speaking life into someone or bringing the best out of someone or as you say you know let, let me pull the gold out of you hmm. it's been always been in, in 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 the core of as my being like you know so how can i uh, how can i be that person that could you know probably uh, uh, the catalyst if i may say or, or the the person that can bring the good out of you by speaking the right things into you is something that i've always been conscious about actually so uh, and i believe life and death is in the power of the tongue because what we speak or uh, what we say will either make or break mm. um, so it's about choosing the right words in everything that we do all the time so how does that how do you You said you kind of touched on it a little bit yeah. of how you're careful with which words you say, what words are building up, not using words to tear down yeah. um, and how the things that we speak out over people is the things that people become. Yeah. If we speak words of life, they will be blessed and will be like a refreshing water that causes them to grow or they if we speak words of death and curses, they will deteriorate into those words that are spoken yeah. over them. Um, how does that play out into the two areas that we've been talking about? One, your family yeah. and two, your business. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, in family, um, um, right from day one, I was I was always, you know, even if we're having the worst fight at home, I've always held myself, even though I've thought of things uh, from actually saying it. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always been very careful that I will not even in a passing statement say that oh, i think this is not worth you know pursuing or this is i think this this marriage is going to end up in divorce like i said divorce mm -hmm. has not been a part of our life or it's not it's not been a part of our vocabulary uh, yeah it's very important because if you say it mean it that's 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 me like you know uh, if not don't say it because then you're not a man of your word or a, or a woman of your word you know so uh, because what comes out please follow up with it like you know that kind of an extreme mindset yeah uh, where you know if I'm going to say it I'm going to do it okay fine we're going to get divorced and that's what it is that, you know you don't say divorce just to scare somebody that's to, manipulation that's manipulation that's just you that's know that's power trips and manipulation and control that's insecurity from the and person that's not love that's not love that's insecurity starting from the person who's saying it actually because that person is insecure enough to or in a place where they're insecure to say those words to feel like they're in control. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's it's a sense of security to start with. And the humility to say that, hey, you know what, there is better. I see the better out of this. Let's let's talk the better part of it, you know. Let's speak the better things so that, yeah. you know, yes, yesterday was a bad day, but let's try not to do that again. Or whatever it might be, like, you know, so to build from there and not repeat it. 
I've, I've like many times in in my marriage, I've said, let's not push it under the rug. Let's talk it, talk about it. Yeah. Because if yeah, if, if, if you push it under the rug, it's going to come back it's tomorrow. It's going to build up a and, bitterness and, and resentment over exactly. years. Exactly. And from there, we're going to speak even further bad things that are not going to you know build, or it's going to tear down and then push it back under the rug again. Yeah. So I've always been conscious, very conscious about uh, speaking the right things into the into the marriage that I mm. uh, that are, you know uh, all the way through uh, these years actually, and uh, in in work that applies the same way as well with the people, with the customers, with the clients that I interact with, um, with with my approach to the day. I mean, I wake up thinking it's a good day. You know, I'm not delusional, right? But I want to think it's a good day. So I'm already setting myself up to be in a place where I want to do the right things and speak the right things and say the right things or think the right things as well, actually. Mm. So that helps me to build and posture myself to receive uh, people who are coming with whatever they're coming with and be able to either dis, um, uh, disarm them if they're in a hostile place mm. or uh, bring peace and then approach it from that perspective. So mm. bringing them to my state of calm or positivity or mm. longevity or whatever it might be like, you know, so that's something I apply in business very, very, very uh, um, strongly. And I'm very particular about that. Very, very particular about that. You said, going back, you said a little, you said that thoughts will come into your mind yeah. that you choose not to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. And it tying some some thoughts together throughout so far this episode um you were talking earlier you're talking about being intentional and networking and realizing that if if it doesn't start in the home yeah if if you're not speaking words of life or if you're not maintaining how you maintain if you're not investing into relationships inside the home then it's not going to happen out right. and then i think taking it another you know step closer or smaller in kind of that domain of of influence yeah. over yourself yeah. um in the scriptures it says out of the heart the yeah. mouth speaks, speaks yeah. so if you're speaking something mm. it's not by not by chance it's the overflow of your heart absolutely you know so what i think the question is what is the overflow of our heart because the overflow of our heart is going to determine what we say when we're in a conflict with our wife or conflict with our children or yeah. a conflict with our with clients or businesses, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I th just going off this little, if you will, if yeah, you may, sure. just thinking how, right, they say in, in the military, when you're put into the battlefield, when you're put into conflict, yeah. you don't arise to the place of your your optimum, right. you fall back to the mm -hmm. base of your training. Right. Right. And so I always think of when I'm in those places of conflict, whether it's with my wife or children or yeah. a colleague, mm -hmm. and something comes out of my mouth, yeah. I'm like, oh, that is a that is a litmus test. That is a sign Correct. that there's something in the domain of my personhood, my character, yes. that is wrong. Yeah. That needs that I need to work on. Correct. Is that the way that you think about it? Absolutely. So, I mean, putting all of that thing, what I can say is my question is what is influencing you today? Um, or what is influencing you or has been influencing you over the years is, is my always look or point into. Because what is influencing us is what we're going to express. Mm. Because what goes in is going to come out, actually. Yeah. So it's important 
that what we take in is equally good than what we are meant to speak out. See, by 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 the nature of God, by how we are created, we are created as emotional beings for yeah. sure, and we have the tendency to do more probably bad than good somehow. That's the way uh, the world has kind of Cer- history has certainly <laughs> proved that true. <laughs> Over the years, we are being being more selfish than you know uh, being selfless. Like yeah. you know, so it, when we are living in a world like that, when we know it's that way, it's important that we input ourselves with the right things that'll. You know, create that overflow because overflow only comes by pouring in something. Mm, like, you know, so right. So definitely pouring in or what we're receiving in is the key part that'll that'll create the outcome uh, that's going to you know over, over come out of your life in terms of words or thoughts or process or whatever it might be. Right. So um, the the I feel the most important thing that I I like to do or constantly do is surround myself with the right kind of people. Mm. Uh, using uh, the right kind of tools to improve my life and always be in a place where I want to learn so that I can be a better person. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm constantly aware of this, constantly aware of this on a day-to-day basis. Mm. It doesn't. Yeah. I don't take a holiday when it comes to that because I can't because I need to constantly improve myself. So I think the influence is... Well, it's not even, it's not even like you need to constantly improve yourself. It's if you're... If you're not being intentional yeah. of what you're putting in, yeah. that means you're you're there's no like s- static. Absolutely. It's either forward or it's backwards. Absolutely. So exactly. how like how why would you take a vacation yeah. from, from developing character? Yeah, I know. So that that's the thing. Again, see thoughts of positivity. Uh it's it's a posture. You know, it's the posture of your mind, a posture of your heart. Uh, and I constantly And that's affected by what you put in, absolutely. not just well, I'm going to consume whatever, and but I'm going to be a positive person. Yeah, that it's, it's not because po- po- positivity is an outcome of a whole bunch of things that's earlier influenced or affected that to bring you to that state as mm. well, for sure. Because it's the food that you eat, or it could be the people that you talk to. It's the music that you listen to. Yeah, there are so many things, or the books that you read, or there are so many facets that could the inf- posts that you like on Instagram. Absolutely, exactly. In the world <laughs> that we are today, where we, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty equally. Like you know, I, uh, we we live in a goldfish syndrome. Yeah. Well, you know, your attention span is so limited, uh, where if you don't focus it in one place, we are constantly built by the random things that we live in, and the things that come out of us is equally random. Like yeah. you know, because we are like uh, no focus. Oh, I'm not able to focus. There's there's a reason why. Yeah. It's because what what's going in is rubbish. And even kind of that what's going in, if we look at that as like training, yeah, like that's what we're going to fall back on. Absolutely. If that's the the day day in day out regiment yeah. of words and and videos and media that we consume, yeah. when we're in that place of conflict or yeah. pressure, we are going to fall back to the the foundation of what we've consumed. Absolutely. Yeah. Not arise to some yeah. some apex of, you know, human goodness and yeah. the best of our character. No, no. Like you said, you know, in the military, it's about the training that that brings the best out of them, and or you know, into that state where you know where where they they're doing what they have trained their mind to do, and because of that, brings success and victory. Like you know, yeah. it's it's the intentionality. And 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 the hours that's been you know that's put into it behind the scene mm. uh, that makes you the person that you are when you are outside uh, outside as in even your spouse yeah 
forget the rest of the world you know yeah uh, because outside yourself yeah it's because of what you've put inside you you uh you've hit on it vaguely um when uh, when you're back in your job you saw all these opportunities where you could take a shortcut right. and kind of leverage some of those relationships yeah. for your personal gain mm. um and i think it's Covey talks about it in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right. Um, I don't know if you're f familiar with the book, but he, I haven't read it in a while, but I was talking with a friend with, about it recently okay. of how he talks about the world today is talking about charisma. Right. It's talking about saying the right things, having the right tactics, having yeah. the right hacks. It's like, this is how you network yeah. to then, you know, build a financial model, whatever. Mm. And he actually says that's a load of rubbish yeah. because that's a house of cards that will essentially fall down. Absolutely. If you're just being a charismatic person that's, mm -hmm. hey, Rick, how's it going? I yeah. like your, sh you know, yeah. it's shallow mm -hmm. and it'll fall. But what you're talking about and what Franklin uh, Covey, uh, Stephen Covey talks yeah. about is character. Yeah. And that character is something that is built over time and that's through discipline and it's the realization that we as humanity yeah. have shortcomings in our character, that we are not basically good, yeah. but we actually have a propensity yeah. to selfishness. Absolutely. And that propensity to selfishness will ultimately hurt those around us and yeah. hurt us. Yes. Um, and so what, what, as you're talking, what I'm processing through is hearing that, uh, uh, I don't know the right word. It is a challenge and a call and a, f uh, a daily focus and discipline on building our character of who we are as men and women, yeah. how we, not just who we are in the outside world, yeah. but who we are in the interior of ourselves, so, in our hearts, yeah. in our minds, a place yeah. that no one sees, no one knows, yeah. but you and God. Yes, that's right. And working and developing our character and having strength in our character rather than, yeah. oh, I'm successful because I'm really charismatic. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think of you, Sparky, and I wouldn't necessarily say you're a charismatic person. Yeah. You're not walking into the room and, you know, whining and dining and kind of swindling people. Yeah. But I would say you are a person of utmost character. Yeah. And because of that, that character, that strength of the person of who you are, that attracts and impacts and affects people. And it's almost like that charisma and character have hold a similar light. Mm. You know, it's they almost look the same and they can be very confusing, but character outlasts. Right. And I see you as a person of character. And because of that, it comes off as charisma. Right. Yeah. I mean, all throughout what you're saying the only word i can think about is longevity mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's that would be one thing i would look at anything like you know so uh how long do you want it to last mm. you know so because like you said there can be the initial charisma of whatever it might be you can bring in you know wound the people and you know bring the crowd but then what then what you know right. how, how do you build the longevity that longevity comes by depth right definitely because it's not the 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 fruits that you see alone you know it's the roots and it's the trunk it's it's a whole bunch of stuff yeah so that that's what actually is going to keep you going so 
continually yeah. and that is something that i'm again that I, i want to always work with in my life as well it's like what can i what can i do for lucas today what can i keep on doing for lucas the next 10 years mm. like you know I, i maybe i'm just a good friend but then how can i do that really well right. like, you know so i can be there for him in the best way i can um and how can i keep on doing that and building on that or how you know that longevity element is what actually brings the the sustainable you know sustainable part of that you know relationship or situation or project because even let it be with work i don't look at a client as okay just great contract you know nice working with you we are out of here no uh, i look at longevity out of that project definitely it's going to go into my portfolio that's great longevity but what about the relationship right. you know, if it's something that can that can take you to the next step in terms of relationship in terms of work like you know because um it, uh, it, can i create that if i can create that then i want to be intentional about that then what does it take for me to do that is mm. it a good thing for me let me make the choice if then invest in it like you know so th- that longevity is something that i think that i would be you know you know kind of focused on uh, when i get into a, that kind of a space right. so, so yeah D- does that make sense yeah that makes sense as you were sharing that i was thinking how um it would, it's it's similar to uh i guess visual branding or visual identity right. um when when a company creates a really awesome brand right that looks cool it's all put together your proposals are like the the fanciest pdfs you've ever seen right. and it's just like wow it's awesome yeah like that's what i think of like charisma that's like your presentation right. um but if you don't deliver on your work yeah like if if your outfit you know interior design outfit company yeah. has like the greatest you know 3d mockups of like greatest yeah. branding marketing sales you have the greatest sales team yeah. you're able to build the greatest relationships yeah. but you fail to deliver yeah. on that promise yeah. that's character that's exactly what it is right yeah. and that longevity like that hurts the longevity of your it company does. absolutely you can do that once twice three times but by number 10 everyone knows the character yeah of the, your company and that's how when i think of branding yeah when i think of of that world i don't think of the logo yeah i think what is the interior character yes of a company yeah and is that sound is yeah. that and are you communicating those value propositions Correct. yeah um I think likewise as humans yeah if we are walking around in a relationship with the perfect tie the right shoes all the t's crossed and i's dotted right but we're not able to deliver on the character yeah that's going to hurt us yeah it's absolutely going to hurt us because it it, it like as it, it's not going to keep you ticking you know mm. you will eventually you know you know crash or you know go into a place where you can't keep that up anymore yeah. because it's not who you are like, yeah. you know, so character is basically that's what it is it is who you are or what makes you in a simple uh, definition mm. you know? so uh, looking at that and building on that is the vital thing uh, we've been made a certain way and we keep building from there mm. or if it's a negative we cut it off and build the good things 
um, you know, into our nature, into yeah. our process. And, and then again, think long term. Longevity, yeah. that's why, because it's important. You want it to last. So definitely if you want it to last, it has to be of something good. It has to be of great character. It has mm. to be of great um, uh, integrity or whatever quality that you can latch with that loyalty. And, you know, there's so many facets to that as well, that character element that, that can be. Yeah. You talk, you mentioned this word longevity and often in our conversations, we talk about longevity and we talk about, um, you always mention something like when I look at a project, Mm. I don't think of how can I make the money of what I need for today, but I think of how can I buy time with this and how can this one project actually cover four or five years Of income, can you unpack that? Mm. Um, your, your your worldview on on right. money and on time and on longevity in that. Right. I mean, uh, uh, a typical example is I think in 2015, I executed a project with someone uh, that I had a relationship with 16 for 16 17 years. Uh, but all through the 16 17 years, I knew that I could have approached that particular individual or the entity to do work with them, but I didn't. Uh, but I I built on the relationship and on the longevity part of it, uh, seeing that one day when the time is right from my end, I will engage with them uh, to do something bigger. Like, mm. you know, so, but that happened initially because I did something small for them. Uh, there was a project or maybe it was just a small room that had to be refurbished or redone. And because of that relationship or that project, mm-hmm. I found relationship with the person that did it. And the person that I did that project with was someone of great influence, like tremendous power. Like, wow. you know, so it was my, uh, uh, so it was my character to keep it alive in terms of relationship and active for 16 years to then engage wow. now with the potential opportunity to uh, take that into fruition. Wow. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. so one that I had to be matured enough to uh, hold that within myself uh, and build a character to guard that relationship mm. um, so that, and yet not in a manipulative way, uh, but have the the mind to be open enough to understand that there is going to be opportunity eventually mm. is what led to that potential place where there was success later on from that, mm. which only led to uh, deeper trust and greater measure of wealth actually so that that you know if that that's one of the examples i can share with you mm. like if that makes sense like you know so that's something i've always uh, always uh, seen and applied through my life as well yeah. and how do you think of, what is your mindset your thought on wealth and money and time hmm. Okay, so when I started the business, all I wanted to make was money, which is not a bad thought. You know, it's a great thing. It's a good thing. Uh, but but then, you know, fast forward four, five, six years when it takes control of your life, then everything you make in life or decision you make in life or choices you make in life is based on money. I've been through that as well. Where, oh yeah, okay, we're going to do that holiday because I have this now. You know, I'm going to do it because I can. Or whatever, you know, to do... To go into a place where uh, where wealth takes control or grips your decisions mm. and, and life and choices, um, uh, to uh, to having the greatest or the saddest times of failures, the hardest time where there's no money and everything, you know, what do you do now? Like you know, so you, you because you don't have money, you can't perform. You know, you're basing your life around saying, "Oh, I had money, I could do everything." 
I don't have money, I can't do anything. Whereas it it could go both ways as well. You can have money and not do anything <laughs> yeah. because you're selfish or, or you can have uh, you can have no money and not do anything and still have a very poverty kind of, uh, oh, I'm useless, I'm pointless. Right. Can I live in this state of denial and, you know, where as an individual, you're greater than the money itself. Like, you know, so my point on money today, uh, more than yesterday is that i think wealth is a state of mind mm. uh, because money is is just a number like you know that's what i think well wealth, wealth to me am i rich in my soul am i rich in my heart mm-hmm. am i rich in my thinking am mm. i rich in, in the things that i'm doing because that's what's going to bring the numbers you know the medium part of it actually it's purely a medium that helps us move f- f- things from a to b or b to c uh, or you know apply into something like we need air to breathe you know that's that's what I see money, money as, as medium. money as a medium money as as a number uh, but wealth and richness being a state of mind constantly like you know so this is something that I've again learned the hard way yeah <laughs> so over the years as well actually so yeah that's what I could say so yeah. in closing one question yeah if you could give advice or you could give a, a, a path forward how what would you what could someone begin doing today to begin to build that mindset, to build that character, to focus on building that interior world and stamina so that yeah. they're able to carry responsibility in relationships and yeah. longevity and character um, over the decades. What what can you do today? What What's the place that you start to find out where those blind spots are and yeah. then to figure out how to build up those blind spots. Yeah, I think uh, to start with, stop everything that we're doing or whatever you're doing and to take time out, even if it's a day or two or three or whatever whatever that looks like in your world uh, and being true to yourself and asking you the hard questions. Who am I? What am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, how does it cause influence to me and to the world? Uh, These kind of of hard questions sometimes lead us to a potential place of wanting the right things to be plugged into our life. Mm. And then... Uh, consciously looking at your life right now in terms of uh, who are the people around my life? Are they building? Are they tearing down? Or are we just stagnant? Or are we just, you know, cruising and doing life? Or are we building into something better? So look at the people around you. I mean, we all love friends. Uh, I'm not saying cut people off or, you know, none of that stuff. But making the right choices and investing your time with the right kind of places where you get the betterment of your life or a greater influence in your life. And making those choices deliberately for wanting something better. So where were you last year today? Where are you going to be same day next year? Mm. I think these kind of questions, um, when you know that you can measure some sort of a change in your life, that you know that you can apply and be better, mm. and take those baby steps. Don't don't worry about you know what's going to happen next year today, but at least worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. You know, let me get up on time, or you know, let me go do something, or let me eat better. Like that's mm. something that I want to do with my life. You know, I want to eat better today. Yeah, so you that, just started the keto diet. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, and it's killing me. But I I know it's going to lead into something good. Not today, because I, it took me so many years to probably abuse my body to get to a place where it's not healthy maybe it might take a few days to get to a better healthy place but at least i've started yeah you know so at least start yeah rather than us just thinking about it so think about the few things write it down so that you see it outside of your head so you look at it give it a timeline so that you know okay fine this year today this uh, this day next year i want to be here Hmm. but give yourself a goal and then work on it 
so that uh, so that you can progress into that person that you want to be. Mm. And then I think these are simple things that you know we take those baby steps and and you know we walk and then we run. You know, they be sorry, we crawl, we walk, and then we run. So these these processes are you know God's designed the universe a certain way. Look at things around you, understand the process, and and apply it. Yeah. And don't be afraid to apply it. Do it. That's very important. Start yeah. and do it. Yeah, it's like we probably know we could probably know a lot of these things, things even intuitively. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but it's that lack of action, lack action. of doing. Absolutely. Yes. The main thing is start, plan it, and start. And I think because of that, success will come. So I think that's that would be one one thing that I can I can leave with. And I, and I'm I'm so like I said I'm so honored. And oh, this I'm is so, amazing. I, I'm not doing the closing, but I want you to do the closing. But <laughs> it, it is it's it's something that I can I can leave you with today actually yeah. so well yeah. sparky thank you yeah. thank you so much for taking time out of your week your weekend yeah. and uh i've i didn't think the our conversation would go the direction that it did yeah. um but I, I think i'm not surprised that it went to character i'm not surprised that right. it went to um taking responsibility for our interior world taking right. responsibility for ourselves first and yeah. then our family yeah and acting and living and uh, an intentional way as responsible men and women first. Yeah. Yeah. And from that flows yeah. everything else in life. From that flows wealth. From that flows, yeah. you know, from that wealth mindset flows finances. Absolutely. Um, so I'm not surprised that it went that way. And Sparky, as always, your, your candidness, your honesty, your focus your drive intentionality um living the life on purpose yeah. you know living an, an examined life i want to want thank you as you have been a, a model to me of uh yeah living that examined life living that life of eyes wide open of saying like actually i'm i'm not perfect actually i have a lot of flaws actually i have struggles in these areas and that vulnerability and the transparency um with others and with yourself um is something more than admirable i think it's something that i aspire to more and more and that i think is uh, an amazing picture for other people to be encouraged and to aspire to as well so i want to thank you for being you and uh, thank you for your time today. No, thank you for your time. And it was my absolute pleasure and honor to be with you here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, Sparky. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of Own the Future. You can find all of Sparky's information in the show notes. If you've gotten this far into the episode and are still listening, I would ask for you to go to whatever platform you are listening on and leave a review of the podcast. And if this episode challenged you, please pass it on and share it with a friend this week. I'm your host, Lucas Crowbot. And remember, if you own your story, you will own the future.